Thanks for being here. We're in a series entitled Clear Truths for a Confused World. And what we're doing in this series is as clearly as I can, I'm just trying to walk through the truth of Scripture as it relates to the confusion. We almost called this series Stop the Madness. And uh, the, the reason being, we're all looking out right now. We're looking out at society. We're looking out at uh, what, what exists for our children and the messages that they're receiving and going, what is happening? And so we decided in response to that to just preach through this series. And the way we're doing it is we're preaching through God's plan for society, God's plan for the world, starting small and then uh, all the way out. And so week one last week was, was uh, we talked specifically to men. This week, we're talking specifically to women. And I was joking with our team this week and said, it's going to be the first week where like in houses all across town, men are going to be waking up and going, honey, I really think we should go to church today, right? So... Um, it's, it's, it's good. To, uh, I'm glad you guys are here. And, and so this week, we're talking about women. Next week, we're talking about marriage. The following week, we're talking about family. Uh, and then uh, I guess that's three weeks out now. We're going to be talking about society. What was God's plan for, for all, a fully functioning, alive society? And so we're just walking through this, and we're looking at the clear truths of the Scripture because we do live in a very confused world. We live in a very confused world, and uh, this week in particular, uh, what we want to do is we want to talk about the truth as it relates to women, and uh, a kind of a verse that sets a premise for this whole series were Jesus' words in John chapter, John chapter 10, where he says this, the thief, that's the enemy, Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And so where those things are present, so is Satan. And where the enemy is present, that is his only motive. Then Jesus contrasts it and he says, but there's another way. Jesus says, I have come that they, those who who embrace Christ, may have life and may have it to the full. Or in other words, says uh, in abundance. Another translation says that they may have the good life. And uh, part of the motivation of this series is I want each and every one of you, I want everyone in our city to know the good life that Christ has for you. The good life as a man, the good life as a woman, the good life as a married couple, the goodness and the fullness of family, and the goodness of a society that is living under uh, the the gospel. And, And so that's why we're doing this, so that God's goodness might spread and that it might beat back the lies of the enemy and the confusion that he thrives in. This morning, the confusion in particular that we're talking about is the confusion uh, of the way that Satan has attacked women. And I said this a couple weeks ago in an intro uh, sermon to this where we walked through kind of what we were going to be talking about. And I used this phrase, uh, and and I'm going to use it again, but I want to just make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, When I say it, I'm not saying this in a derogatory sense, uh, but Satan, here's the phrase, Satan hates women. Satan hates men too. But what we'll see here uh, in the text is that Satan's first attack was against women, and Satan hates women. And Satan's goal is to create a society where women are destroyed. I mean, there's a common or famous, uh, I guess kind of famous now, documentary right now, and it's called what? What is a woman? There's no documentary, what is a man? Satan's attack has been against women. It's been against women from the beginning. And I want to walk through some of the confusion first. uh, And then I want to talk about what the Bible laid out because we believe that God's plan is good. And what gets me excited about today, what I'm very excited about this entire series is this stuff works. It works. And if you and I will submit ourselves to God and his plan, then he has goodness for you and I, his goodness for our marriages and our families. And I tell you, he's got goodness for our whole city and society uh, if the gospel will just go out. What an awesome mission we have, church. What an awesome opportunity. And uh, there's an element here in these services where we're kind of pointing out what is clearly wrong in culture, but we always have to end by asking, what's wrong in me? What needs to change in me? How does the gospel need to break in to me first before I'm just pointing fingers out there? Let's talk a little bit about the confusion that exists in our world about women currently. Uh, Maybe you've heard this famous quote. It was a a couple of months ago now, actually probably about a year ago now, uh, and it swept the, uh, the nation, and it's this phrase or this statement, I'm not a biologist. 
This was said by uh, a, a woman who is now a sitting Supreme Court justice, clearly an intelligent woman. She is sitting on the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, uh, Justice Jackson. And uh, when asked if she could define what a woman is, her response was, I'm not a biologist. Now, clearly she knows what a woman is as any person, uh, any four-year-old does, knows the difference between a man and a woman. Or as God said in Genesis 127, he created them male and female. So what's at play here? How is it that a, 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 a lady who's being nominated to sit on the highest court of our land responds to the question, what is a woman with, I'm not a biologist? What's at play here? Satan's attack against women. Satan's attack against the structure and the order that he's created. And his attack right now is at the very basics of what makes us male or female. The response, I'm not a biologist, is a, another way of saying, well, how can we really know what is true or not? Or let's let the experts, let's let the state decide what a male or a female is. We don't need the state to decide what God already spoke clearly. Amen. He created us, male and female. Famous actress Emma Watson, known for the Harry Potter movies, said this quote, it is time that we all see gender as a spectrum instead of two sets of opposing ideals. No society in the history of uh, humanity has ever been confused about whether or not gender was a spectrum. We are, though, in our current society. It is not time that we see gender as a spectrum. It is time that we return to what God said is true, male and female. I will say that I agree with Ms. Watson for a second. She said we should not see male and female as a set of opposing ideals. I agree. Male and female were created by God in complementary fashion in order to bring him glory. Men and women were not supposed to be. Male and female was not supposed to be opposed to each other. And we will see that this morning. Instead, God had a plan when he created male and female. And that plan is a good plan. And we want to get back to that plan. There is that famous documentary that I mentioned earlier. The documentary is What is a Woman? This was uh, by a guy by the name of Matt Walsh, and he's been now touring the country playing the documentary. He was uh, recently at the University of Wisconsin, okay, a college campus, all right, where freedom of expression and free speech is supposed to reign, and he was there, and protesters met him there, and one group of the protesters had Bibles, and they were ripping the Bibles and eating the pages in protest. You know what's interesting? Those individuals, those individuals who are ripping up the scripture and eating it, they actually understand better than some Christians on what is actually going on. And that's this. This is a spiritual battle. Those protesters, what they're doing when they were ripping up the scriptures, they're saying, hey, you, all of your truth about what a woman is, all of your truth about what you think is right or wrong, we know where that comes from. It comes from this, and we reject that. And that's what this is about. We, we, what, what, what this is about right now is the confused world is saying, um, this is not political or just political. It's not just social or cultural or any of those things. It is so much bigger than that. And Christians, we do have to realize that, yes, there are those other realms, and we should engage in those other realms with the truth of the gospel. But there is something underneath that is spiritual, it is the power of this world wanting to disrupt and destroy everything that this is and says. And so that's why those, I mean, it is a picture. Those protesters are a physical picture of the enemy at work and what the enemy wants to, to do, which is to destroy the truth of God's word. And the beautiful thing is I do believe that Christians all across our nation are waking up. That, that, that our country is waking up and saying, whoa, 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 where is this going? At, we have middle school students identifying as cats. 
like, I get it's Halloween weekend, but that's not what's going on. This is tragic. It's got to stop. And the church has to stand up. Because what those protesters know is this, that this word and the church is the only thing that stands between Satan's plan and humanity. That's it. That's it. So church, we have an obligation to stand up. What is a woman? That's the question. Here's the good news. We found out the answer. We just read the book. Let me give you a snapshot of it. A woman is a human being made in the image of God, made out of man that exists to serve and bring glory to God. And although singleness is a gift given by God to many, this predominantly happens through submission to a husband in marriage and results in raising children, tending to a home, and building God's kingdom using her gifts. That's a woman. And here's the good news. We've got a bunch of them at this church, about half of them, right? Half of us, right? And then some incredible ones. And here's what I want to do this morning, ladies. I want to walk through one lie that I think is the lie that Satan tells women and then talk about some truths of Scripture that will anchor you, anchor you in what God's best is for women. Let me give you the three truths first. Number one, to know from where and why you were made. Number two, to know what it looks like to submit to God and serve to bring him glory. And number three, what it looks like to marry and submit to a husband from a biblical perspective. Now, I cannot um, uh, spend an entire or a bunch of time in all three of these. I'm going to spend most of my time in number one just to go after the lie, then some more time in number two, and then we'll hit number three. Next week, I'm talking about marriage, uh, and in that one, we'll revisit the third point. It will not be the full extent of the sermon, but it'll be part of it. By the way, some have asked me when I talk about marriage next week, what is it rated? Okay. We're probably somewhere between PG and PG-13, okay, in next week's sermon. And here's what I mean by that. Okay, we are going to talk about you know what, okay? All right? And if you don't know what, you're probably not supposed to be in here. Okay. (laughs) All right. That's next week. Isn't this fun? This is great. This is great. I love it when new people show up and they're like, it's like people actually want to be here. Yeah. This is my favorite five hours of the week. Someone's like, you're going to preach for five hours? Yeah. No, just kidding. Okay. I meant from startup to, okay, anyway, moving on. I feel like I missed something in my intro and I don't want to miss it, but you know what? We'll just keep moving. If it's important, it'll come up later. Let's start with this, to know from where and why you were made. We're going to go back to the beginning, uh, and and maybe there's somebody out there, and they're like, wait, really? You're going to talk about what it means to be a woman in 2022 from the book of Genesis? That's called being a Christian, okay? Just to clarify, all right? Um, we, we believe this book is as relevant today as the day that it was written. That doesn't change uh, in, in, in five years. It doesn't change in three years. It doesn't change in 20 years. It'll be true 1,000 years from now, uh, just like it was true 2,000 years ago or 8,000 years ago when, when this thing was written, okay? And, and so, yes, we're going to go back to the beginning because it helps us understand, right? Okay, so let's talk about first why and from where were you made. Genesis 2.18 tells us, then the Lord God said this, it is not good that the man should be alone. And all the guys said, amen. I heard some women voices there too, right? It is not good that man should be alone. Listen, I didn't get married till 30. For eight years, all I ate was chips and salsa, okay? That is not good, okay? I was wearing New Balance before they were cool again, okay? It is not good that man should be alone, it's not good that man, oh, it was in the Bible. Okay. It is not good that the man should be alone. And so God looks in and he goes, that's a problem. And so he says, what? I will make him a helper fit for him. I'll make him a helper fit for him. Why was a woman made? Because man needed a helper fit for him. That's the short answer to the question. It's right here and clear. Then we learn how it happened. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs. It's actually why men like ribs to this day. And close. <laughs> That's such a bad joke. I'm so sorry. I just, I had to. Chilies, baby. Took one of his ribs, and he closed up its place with flesh. 
And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And ladies, there's something in here for us, for you to see uh, in the truth of where you were made, why you were made, where you came from. The, 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 the initial part of it, right? You were a response to a problem that existed. Man needed a partner. And notice how the woman was formed. She was formed out of man, yes, but not from the head to rule over him, not from the feet to trample or to be trampled underneath, but from the side to be a partner. And that's what God designed and formed. He created uh, man and woman to partner together to bring him glory. That was what God's good plan was for humanity. But then something happens. In Genesis chapter 3, quite literally, Satan himself shows up in the form of a uh, a serpent, and he starts attacking women. And this is why I said Satan hates women, and he attacked women first. See, God's plan was for man and woman to partner together to bring him glory. Satan saw how powerful that would be. Satan saw how powerful it would be when a a man and a woman walked together in the way that God designed. And so, since he didn't want that to happen, he came in to disrupt it. It's exactly what God does today. Not God, Satan, sorry. It's exactly what Satan does today. He knows how powerful it is for a man and a woman to walk together as husband and wife. And so he breaks in and he tries to destroy it so that it won't walk in its full potential. And so Satan shows up on the scene. And his first attack is against women, and we're going to read it. And what we're going to expose here as we read this is the lie, the lie, ladies, that Satan has been telling in order to destroy women. And let me give you the lie. Here's the lie. Independence, or the confused distortion, independence is the goal. Independence is the goal. Uh, We wrote this um, early on. Right here, you can grab one of these on your way out, but what this does is uh, it shows at the top what the world's distortion was, and then at the bottom it shows what God's plan is. It's kind of like a summary of the whole series, so if you don't have one, go ahead and grab one. Uh, And part of the distortion for women is this. Women must be fiercely independent. And that's the lie that women are taught. You, if you're going to be the modern woman, if you're going to be the the real woman, you must be independent, and independence is your goal. And here's the clear truth of the scriptures. Submission is the goal. Submission is the goal. That's the truth of Scripture. Now, I want to read something to you. I didn't, um, I didn't write this. My wife, Lindsay, wrote it. Uh, and so I'm just going to uh, read it, and, uh, and then I'll tell you when, uh, when the quote is over, okay? Uh, the, there's one I in here, which is obviously me, but she wrote this, okay? I, meaning me, just use the word submit. The rest of this is her language. I just use the word submit, and I know it probably freaked you out. We need to reclaim, this is all Lindsay's now, we need to reclaim the idea of submission because God invented it. God loves women, and he calls them to this submission, so it is a good thing. Where there are places in us that bristle at the word submit, we need to bring either healing or repentance to those places and discern which of those actions is more needed by the Holy Spirit. But we do need to acknowledge that where reservations exist in us to biblical, God-ordained submission, those reservations are what need to be dealt with and removed, not the God-ordained submission. When we approach this subject, we have to have the humility to say, where I disagree with Scripture on this, I am the one, not Scripture, that needs to be changed. Okay? Now, again... These were Lindsay's words, okay? That's what she wrote. And the idea here about independence, I mean, it's everywhere. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? Even my girl Kelly Clarkson got in on it. Miss Independent. But, ooh, she fell in love, right? I mean, what is that song talking about? It's talking about the tension. I'm supposed to be Miss Independent. Oh, no, now I fell in love. What do I do? 
It's all over our pop culture. It is the lie of the day. Last week I talked about this. The, um, the, uh, the lie to men that my sin only affects me, that lie, okay, uh, is the root of the entire porn industry. The entire porn industry is built on the lie, my sin only affects me. I will say this, the entire abortion industry is built on the lie that the goal is independence. And look at the two industries that I would say have destroyed or upended our society, maybe the most, that speak to where we're at as a culture, abortion and pornography. And at the heart of these are the lies that Satan is telling us. We have to see this clearly and what he's trying to do. And by the way, are there two industries um, uh, that, that, that are more combative against each other than these? Abortion and pornography. That, that, that pit men and women against each other. Let's look at the interaction between Eve and Satan, okay, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And so let's just remember here that right at the beginning, in his very first mention, the first thing, the first thing that God wants us to know about Satan is what? He's crafty. He's deceptive. Whatever he dresses up, he's going to dress it up looking like it's the right thing. He's going to make you feel foolish for not believing his lies. He's crafty. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And so he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Here's the first attack. Satan attacks Eve, and in one regard, I will say this. Satan attacks Eve, and the first time, Eve nails it. Satan's like, did God say that? Did he really say it? And Eve goes, let me tell you God's word. And Eve quotes back, okay, and some people are like, I know, but she changed it a little bit. And, and yeah, there's some discussion around that. But in reality, uh, what happens is Satan says, did God say And Eve says, yes, he did. And ladies, when Satan loses his first round of attack, he will come back again. Because that's what happens. Eve says, no, yeah, God, God said that, and so we can't eat it or we will die. And I know that there have been times in the history of the church where there has been this very bad, very poor understanding of what biblical relationships between male and female look like, where women have been told they don't need to read their Bible, and they don't need to know doctrine, and they don't really need to study. And I can tell you that is an absolute lie that was probably started by Satan himself because he wants to attack you ladies in every single possible way. And the refute to those attacks is by knowing the word of God, ladies. And so you need to know your scriptures because Satan will attack you. He will attack you at home. He will attack you at work. He will attack you with, um, uh, with your children. He will attack your identity. He will attack your value. He will attack your, uh, attack your desire to be loved. He will attack, what am I going to do with my life? He will attack, attack, attack. And the way to respond to that is by knowing this, by knowing this and by rooting yourself in it. And I will say this, the most powerful women that I know are the ones who know their scriptures, know them and the depths of them, but even as they, and as they know them, know that where it pushes them and their knowledge of scripture is not toward independence, but to God-ordained submission. That is true strength, ladies. By the way, ladies, if you want... Um, if you want to be rooted in this more, um, I want to give you a, a couple of encouragements. First, uh, we have a women's event on the 12th, okay, so not this Saturday, but the next Saturday, okay, that we would love to have you at. We have three women from three different um, generations. <laughs> in the first service, I almost said their ages, and I caught myself, thank God, thank you. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, um, and uh, so we have that, uh, two Saturdays on the 12th, and then we also have a um, Nancy uh, who's uh, married to Frank, one of our elders. She does a, a Bible, study, Bible study every Tuesday morning, okay? Uh, and so get here. Um, and then there's also a mom's group that meets every Wednesday. And Kelly's in the front row. She's probably mad at me right now because they're running out of room. But we'll just, Kelly will do one every two hours, okay? Right, Kelly? Yep, perfect, okay. Uh, and so it's kind of like a mom's group uh, every Wednesday or every other Wednesday. And um, get together. 
Know the Word of God. Study the Bible. And it is so important, by the way. Um, let me show you this next point. It is so important what your sources are. And can I just tell you right now, okay, there are so many, and they're particularly, why are, listen, okay. For the most part, I know this is a generalization, okay, I get it. For the most part, male heretic blogs don't last. Female ones become very popular. Ladies, don't breathe into that. It's disruptive and it is destructive. And, 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 and I'm going to show you right here because the tactic hasn't changed in Genesis chapter 4. Let me show you. Or Genesis chapter 3 starting in verse 4. Look what Satan's next attack is. This is round 2, ladies. But the serpent said to the woman, you won't die. What's going on here? Eve says, no, yeah, God said that. And Satan goes, oh, okay. He's got a different tactic. He says, okay, yeah, he said that, but that's not what he really meant. And the attack, most of the attack toward uh, women, particularly Christian women today, is this, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so the Bible says that, but that's not what it really means. Let me give you all of these different interpretations of what it could mean, and it is just another way, since Satan couldn't get you to deny the word of God, now he's going to try to distort or twist the word of God. And here's what Satan did right at the very beginning. It's what he's doing today. It's what a lot of those blogs and a lot of those books do. Oh, yeah, okay, I know this is what the Bible says, but this is how it's been taught. Let me show you what it really means. And it's destructive. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, there's a physical appeal, and that it was a delight to the eyes, right? And that there a tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Uh, Satan was like appealing to her. He's like, Eve, look, you can, you, there's a physical satisfaction, an emotional satisfaction, like a, an intellectual satisfaction, and you don't even need your husband to be a part of it. You can go grab it on your own. God made her to, uh, to image himself and bring glory to himself in partnership with her husband. And now what God is trying to do, or what Satan is trying to do is upend that and say, Eve, you can have it all on your own. Independence is the goal. And then what? What? We have to see this too, by the way, ladies. Eve approaches Adam and says, hey, let's eat this. And Adam goes, cool, let's eat it. Nothing in what I'm saying today is talking about weak women. Notice, ladies, how prone Adam was to do what his wife suggested. Ladies, you have an incredible power. And you decide. When you exercise that, is it out of selfishness that leads to destruction? Or is it out of submission that leads to life? That's a power. We see this all the time, don't we? I mean, I've shared this story before. Like, this isn't part of how we got this building. Some of you have heard this story before. We walked through this building, myself and some of the other elders. I got the little pamphlet, and I went back home, and Lindsay was home. She goes, what do you think of the building? And I gave her the pamphlet, and I said, we're not interested. And she looked through the pamphlet, and she said, I think we should be interested. And I said, I do too. <laughs> so I called Frank, and I was like, Frank, I've really been thinking about this. <laughs> You got power, ladies. You do. You got to decide how you're going to use it. What was Satan's lie? You won't surely die. Let me rephrase this. Ladies, I know God said that this is the, the plan, but I'm sure if we just do it a different way, if we do it our way, I'm sure everything will be fine. Like we put on the mailer. Don't worry. Everything's fine, Satan. Don't worry, ladies. It will not lead to death. So now we have years of history, and we, ask the, we have to ask the question, who was right? Who was right? God or Satan? 
And I would suggest this, that history shows us that God was right. And I will not say that this, this lie that independence is the goal is the sole reason for the things that I'm about to lay out, but I would say it is a, a one of the primary reasons that all of this death has ensued. Because from the moment, from the moment that Eve did what she did, what has been going on is that women have been trying to find life by defying. God's word instead of submitting to it. And let me tell you where in part, or this as a part of why, what death that has led to. The tens of millions of babies that have been aborted in our country. Divorce rates over 50%. The general state of women's unhappiness. Where is this woman? Where is this woman that is following Satan's plan and is so happy? Whoopi? Like, seriously, who is it? Who is the woman that everyone's like, that's it. She's got it. All of this, even, I would say, the transgender confusion, queer theory, all of these other things, these are all a result of it. Like, look at, look, at, look at Satan's current plan, how much he hates women. He wants to, like, eliminate the gender. How much clearer could he be? No, Satan was wrong. God was right. It leads to death. And you know what the part of the world is saying right now? They're saying, no, the problem is this. We haven't gone far enough. We need more divorce. We need more antidepressants. We need more gender confusion. We need more abortions. Longer in the pregnancy. More, 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 more. Then, then we'll find life. Now it'll just breed more and more death, as it has for thousands of years. So what? If there was a better way, there is God's way. And God's way leads to life. God's way leads to life. And the crafty serpent, ladies, wants you to throw it out and to seek the path of death. So what does God's way look like? Adam and Eve were created to image God as a team. Satan tempted Eve with the desire to become like God by herself. Satan offered Eve a way to get out of submission, right, to God and then her husband. And by the way, this is no different than the woke church today. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Just do what you want. You don't have to worry about that verse or that one. There is no path to godliness. There is no path to life in autonomy. There is only death. So what does this look like? My second point. Ladies, submit to God and serve to bring him glory. Remember why you were formed and how you were formed. Submit to him and serve to bring him glory. This is why you were created. Romans 8 says it this way. Let me flip over there. Romans 8, 7. For the mind that is, hostile, or that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Let me teach this verse a little bit. For the woman that is set on Satan's plan, that independence is the goal, is hostile to God's order and structure. It cannot lead to life. It cannot lead to life. Now, the scriptures, by the way, are filled with uh, ladies, Ruth and Rahab and Lydia and Mary and Martha that are strong women that uh, make an incredible impact for the kingdom of God, right? And what do they all have in common? They share these stories of them first submitting to him. What is the first step in all of this? 
Satan's first lie, right, to women was what? You don't need to submit, not even to God. Independence is your goal. No, submission is the goal. Submission to Christ. Submission to Christ. And so, ladies, where all of this starts with is your complete submission to Christ, your identity, your value, your sexuality, your desire for love, your passion, your pursuits. Submitted to Christ. Independence is not the goal. Submission to Christ is the goal. And it starts there. Then what? Well, the story of these incredible women in the scriptures, one of them, her name was Lydia. And it says of Lydia that she was first a lover of God. In other words, she was submitted to God. Uh, later, we find out that she is, uh, the assumption is that she is single, right? And, and sadly, by the way, what the enemy wants to do, uh, ladies, is define you by your marital status instead of defining you by whether or not you're submitted to Christ. Don't let him do that. Because what we're going to see here is what happens first is submission to Christ. And then what happens after submission to Christ is now let that dictate your profession. Let that dictate your, uh, what you do with your time, how you use your gifts. You're submitted to him. This is what we see with Lydia in the scriptures. She's submitted to God. She's a lover of God. And then what does she do? She comes along, partner preach, or Paul preaches the gospel to her, and she comes along and she partners with Paul in the advancement of the gospel. Can I say this? There are all sorts of stories in the New Testament about rich, single women funding the gospel. It's awesome. Almost like they were trying to make a point, right? And what happens then is uh, Lydia, she comes along, she submits herself to Christ, right? And then she says, okay, well, now I'm submitted to Christ. What am I going to do? I'm going to partner and serve because that's what I was designed and created to do. So she's going to run her business. She's going to do all of these things, and she's going to serve for the kingdom. And ladies, that's where it starts. That's, where you're, that, that's, that's what God created you to be. Submit to him and then figure out, okay, God, who did you make me to be? I'm going to use that for the advancement of your kingdom. Now, what happens next? What happens next? Well, a choice happens. A decision happens for every, for every woman, right? And that is this. You stay single or you get married. And uh, statistically speaking, about 80% of women get married, Okay, I would say in the times of scripture, it's probably even a little bit of higher. I will say that the number or the percent of women that get married is um, going down by about 50% over the last decade uh, or so. And I would say there's probably two reasons for that. Reason number one uh, is because I think this lie of independence, independence is the goal, is getting deeper and deeper. And I think reason number two is because a lot of men suck. <laughs> okay? Like, they're just, there's, I'm not talking about the dudes in here, hopefully. Okay? I'm saying there's a lot of dudes out there, and, you know, they're probably not worth getting married to, some of them, okay? So, guys, there's obviously something in here for us, too, okay? And I'll, I'll try to point that out, and I will hit most of this next week, okay? But the question then is this. Oh, and by the way, Paul does say, he writes in First Corinthians, he's like, hey, just stay single like I am, right? It's great, <laughs> Like, I think if this was like a modern language, we'd be reading. Paul was like, listen, guys, I'm single, and it's awesome. I run around. People shoot at me. They didn't shoot at me. They throw rocks at me. I got shipwrecked, all of this kind of stuff, and I don't even have to write a letter home to my wife and tell her what happened. He said, it's just way easier. If you're going to be all in crazy like this, maybe it's just better to stay single. And you might have a point. But then he also says, but if you can't, then just get married. That's cool, too. And he particularly points out like sexual temptation, but I think what Paul is really saying in there is he's going, yeah, if sexual temptation drives you uh, to get married, then go get married. But if you just want to get married, that's cool too. It's awesome. In fact, God actually kind of designed us for it. But if you can stay single, that's cool too. And so what, what is Paul doing? He's honoring both. And so the church should honor both, right? Church should honor both. But statistically, most people get married, okay? That is true. So then the question is this, when you get married, Ladies, what then? What did I say at the beginning? Where Satan loses the first battle, we'll come back with the second one. Okay, lady, you, you submitted to God. Okay, but now you stepped into marriage. I'm about to read Ephesians 5. What does Satan want to say? Okay, but that's not what he really meant. That's not what he really meant. Twist, distort, 
leads to death. Ephesians 5 says it this way, because ladies, Christian ladies, the choice when you get married then is to understand biblical and godly submission in marriage. And I can't get into all of what that looks like. I can tell you if on your way home today, your husband says, we're going to this restaurant, submit. He's not doing it right, okay? (laughs) And I get it. There's going to be jokes about this and everything like that. And if you're like, I want to understand this better, then just get a Canon Plus subscription, okay, and start watching. And we will talk about it more. Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, is, not should be, is. Regardless, husband, if you are operating like you're supposed to or not, you're still the head. It's just a question of are you doing a good job or a bad job. But positionally, you're still there. That his body as and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, oh, even as Christ is that of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Why did Paul write that in there? Simply to just say, hey, we can throw off submission, but the only way we can throw off biblical submission is we, can all, is we also have to throw off the church submitting to Christ. He's, he's creating a comparison. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything. Whoa. To their husbands, everything. What does everything include? Everything. What does everything include in the marriage? Go through the list. Money, sex, the relationship, the future, the kids, all of that. Now, understanding proper biblical submission is massively important. Not distorting what I'm saying right now, dudes, is massively important. Okay? Today, I'm really just trying to set up the premise, not get into all of the details. In everything, it says, to God the Father, in the, oh, where, I lost my spot. In everything to their husbands, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What's the choice, ladies? If you do decide to get married, to biblically, by the way, this is repeated in Titus, 1 Peter, and Colossians, not just one spot. What's the choice? What's the choice? If you want to choose life, to understand biblical submission. If you want it to lead to more death, throw it off. That's the choice. Now, I get that. In this choice, um, by the way, I get that there's, uh, the, there's fear for it or fear from it. In fact, Lindsay has said this to me oftentimes. She's like, you know, Stephen, like the idea of submission is kind of scary, right? And, and, and it's hard to uh, even kind of wrap our brains around a little bit. Or She was speaking from a woman's perspective, right? And uh, listen, it's scary, sure, because there is that call to independence that has been beaten in you since you were a, a child, right? There are bad men out there. There are past hurts that make you think, I don't want to do that again. There's fear that is wrapped up in all of it. I get it. This, of course, means, um, ladies, that it is very important that you choose wisely. Wisely. Because when you make the choice, what you're saying is, I am placing a trust and I am stepping into a submissive relationship, right, in everything. And so pick that person carefully. I don't care what he looks like or how much he makes. If you want life, You pick somebody that you trust with that. And then there's also words about, well, okay, you're already in. You're already in. Okay, now you figure out. Because whether, whether you make the choice before or in the middle of it, it's still the same thing, right? You don't get to use it as an opt out. Well, if I would've known that, I would've chose differently, right? Well, now you're here. And the beauty of marriage is that God uses it to mutually sanctify, and when two people are pursuing Christ, the Holy Spirit will draw together what is right. That's the beauty of of Christian marriage. I'll hit that more a little bit next week. Guys, we also have to understand here, yeah, it can be a fearful, like there's an element of it in that, right? But it's it's more fearful when we're not acting right. And so guys, let's do our part, right? In acting uh, correctly, in acting like the biblical man that we talked about last week. Let's own our part in this. And here are two lies that Lindsay had to get over. Lie number one is this, just the idea that submission is slavery. 
And she had to replace it with the truth that if God ordained it, then submission is freedom. She's like, I just had to start thinking that, right? And um, I don't know like what the general idea of Lindsay is because she's kind of quiet around here, all of that kind of stuff. She's not a weak person, okay? And I can say that as God has worked in her heart in this, and it wasn't me, it was completely independent. <laughs> okay, I know you see the word independent, but don't think that. Okay, right, right. It was God working on her and actually like her bringing it into our marriage, Right? And, and, and something flipped in her, and, and, and even the effect it has had in our marriage in the last six months to a year is amazing. Why? Because God's plan leads to life. This is why I get excited about preaching. This stuff works. It works. And it is so much better. And so, uh, and by the way, the only reason, ladies, the only way that you can truly believe that submission, godly submission, and in its appropriate way to your husband is slavery is if you also think that your submission to Christ is slavery. And if you think your submission to Christ is slavery, I got to tell you about the gospel because it's freedom. And in the same way, this is freedom too. This is freedom too. When it's done properly, this is how God wired you to flourish. And notice, I'm not talking about, even right now, I'm not talking about roles. I'm not talking about should they work or should they not work. Take that stuff aside for a second, okay? Don't let that flood your heart right now. We're talking about the, the concept that God laid out. We can work details out later. Second lie that Lindsay had to work through was this. Submission means full trust in Stephen, Okay? Now, while Lindsay was working that out, it didn't work it out like this. Well, Stephen, I completely disagree with you. Think you're an idiot, but I trust God, so I'm going to go ahead and go with it. That's not how it worked out, okay? And I would not suggest that in your home either. But Lindsay arrived at this conclusion of, you know what submission means? It means 100% full trust in God. It, it meant... That, okay, so even if, I, if I'm operating in this way and, uh, and Stephen makes a decision and I think that's not the decision that I would have made, but he has this headship role that he needs to exercise, um, that even if he's wrong, guess what? God's still there. He's still there. And sometimes we can create metaphors that are a little silly to the weight of what we're talking about, but like when, when, when you're... In Little League Baseball, right, there's the catcher. And what do they put behind the catcher in Little League Baseball? They put a backstop. Why? Because the catcher's going to miss the ball like every fourth time, and they don't want to be running 70 feet to go get the ball. So they put a backstop. But then what? As you get older and older, the backstop either disappears or it's no longer there. And a metaphor being this, that like ladies early on, you just got to realize like, okay, there's a backstop, and it's like right behind them. Okay. But can I say this to you, ladies? As you practice this more and more, as you practice this more and more, it will change something in your husband more and more. And the decisions he will make will be wiser and better if he's submitted to Christ, and you are too. And I think that Paul is actually even saying, even if you're married to an ungodly man, a non-Christian man, that there's something about the grace and of operating in a biblical way that actually begins to influence even your non-Christian husband. There's just beauty and blessing in doing it God's way. And so Lindsay arrives at this place. She says, okay, well, I can 100% trust God. I can do that. And I can understand that if God says something, it has to be good. And so um, submission looks like uh, and then submission to, to Stephen in, in our marriage then uh, can be the most freeing thing. Uh, and if she was up on this stage, she would say that. This is the most freeing thing she's walked through. And ladies, this is God's plan. And guys, if what we're doing right now is going, all right, you don't understand your side of it then. Because what it means is this. The full weight of the responsibility of what happens is now on you. It's now on you. That's a win. Okay. Let me end with this. There's a thought that submission is weakness. Submission is weakness. 
I'm going to read Philippians 2 here. And the only way that you can believe that submission is weakness is if you also think that the cross is weak. Because the cross was the greatest act of submission ever. Submission is not weakness. It is an incredible strength. And what this will show you is that proper submission leads to beautiful things in your marriage, in your life, just like it did in the kingdom when Christ submitted. So I'll close with Philippians 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled or submitted himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. In other words, there was elevation through his submission so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, the beauty of the gospel moves out through godly submission. Ladies, what an opportunity you have to move the gospel out when you operate in this way. And think of all the children and families and husbands and people that will experience the blessing of the gospel through your godliness in this way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word as relevant today as the day that it was written. May the crafty serpent have no hold in this place. May his ways and his paths be uprooted from every person in here. We pray for every woman in this room, single and married, Father, we know how much you love them and designed them to be part of your kingdom, partners in the gospel. Set them free from lies. Fill them with your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connect card. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash giveonline. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.